The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the views of Elk Grove High School or District 214. I think I'm very like self-motivated and I'm an individual who like I rely on myself in order for me to have the best outcome and I don't rely on like others to help me. Um, but what really did that was my upbringing. For my future, when I eventually have a family of my own, I don't want them going through what I went through as a kid. I've always not wanted to get used to it because I knew it was wrong. And like once you get used to something, like then you're gonna like become that. So I always like told myself like don't get used to this, this is not normal. And really just like tried to stay out of that environment because like you do become like a product of your environment and like I always was over at a friend's house because I didn't want to be involved in the situation in my life at home. Hi, my name's Autumn Gouget and I'm a junior at Elk Grove High School. This is We Are EG, telling the stories of Elk Grove High School, one podcast at a time. I am Kristen Lesniak. I'll start off when I was younger. As a kid, both my parents, they really dealt with like alcoholism. And they were good parents when they were sober, but when they weren't, like, obviously it's like the drug or the alcohol, you know, that really takes over them. So as a kid, they would like argue, they would fight, alcohol, drugs were all involved. But then what really, like, when my family like really like fell down and like hit rock bottom was when my dad passed away when I was in first grade. Um, he died from a drug overdose, heroin. And my mom, she like fell into depression from that. That entire side of the family, my dad's side, completely blocked us out. They didn't want anything to deal with us. And that like really tore my mom apart because that was like the only family she had. The only other person she has is her mother. And so her entire support system just went down and me and my two brothers, Anthony and Alex, who are both older than me, she only had kids to rely on from there on. So then she really turned to alcohol. She turned to pills. She turned to like anything that could help her. So it got to a point where it was so bad where like every single night, not necessarily every single night, but like us kids, like we would have to call the cops because like we couldn't wake her up or we couldn't do anything. And like DCFS eventually ended up getting involved and they took my mom away. So I was then put in the foster care system so she could go to rehab and get herself back together in order to like, so like support her kids again. So we lived with my grandmother for a year. It was still considered foster care throughout my entire like elementary career and like my middle school, like DCFS would like come before they went to my mom. So we couldn't be there as a family and they would come talk to us individually. But I was like taught to lie to them. Like I couldn't like I couldn't tell them like they'd be like, oh, like is there, like any drugs involved in your house? I'd be like, no. Like, is there any abuse going on? No. Like, are you happy? Yes. <laughs> is everything okay? Yes. Like, I would have to lie to them just in order to, like, stay with my mom because my mom was, like, the only adult that I had at that point, you know? Like, she was my entire, like, support system. 
my mom always took care of it. Like no matter if she was on like drugs or whatever she was on, she's always taught me to be grateful. So like that was the one thing like as a mother that like she did really good. Like when circumstances got really bad, she'd be like, okay, well at least you have food in the cabinets. At least you have a roof over your house. But I didn't have a mother, you know? When I lived with my mother, so before fifth grade, before DCFS was involved, obviously the people on my street knew because police would be at my house every single night. My neighbors knew. And the one thing, like, the neighbors what, like really kind of tore me apart as a kid. Like, they didn't want their kids playing with me. Because, like, yeah. And to see that as a kid, um, and to not be able to take control of the situation, but to be impacted by it so much, had to be really hard. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely because, like, as a kid, you just want to be liked. It's, like, the only thing you want. How were things at school during this time? Um, well, DCFS did come, so I think, like, mm -hmm. the administration knew because they would always be like, okay, well, DCFS just randomly popped up here and they're asking for this autumn girl again. And so I don't know if they communicated that to the teachers. The teachers never like really realized it. Like I've always looked at like the optimistic view of it. And so like I never was like upset on the inside and happy on the outside. Yeah, there were some situations where I was like, okay, now I just have to put a smile on. But there was never like a long effect of that. Then in fifth grade, when I was living with my grandma, I social workers would come, stop by. Everything was fine. And truthfully, everything was fine. I didn't have to lie to DCFS anymore. So I got through fifth grade just fine, and then at the end of fifth grade, after a year of my mom being sober, going through program work, becoming sober again, she got an apartment now in Joliet, which we moved to, me and my brother Alex. The school wasn't the greatest, like over, I think 70% of the school was in poverty, us including one of the families. And I started really getting involved with sports because I needed like something to like back myself up with. So literally anything. I tried out for wrestling, I tried out for basketball, I tried out for volleyball, and I made every single thing I tried out for. I tried out for cross country. Literally almost every like offering they had, like I took it. Like I just, I needed to like get away from like the circumstances. So about two, three months into living in Joliet, living back with my mom. As I was gonna kiss my mom goodbye, I noticed there was like a cup, a cup of clear water something in it. And I went to kiss her goodbye, but as I did, I also smelled what was in the cup and it was vodka, so. That entire day of school, I knew she relapsed, on alcohol at least. And I came home and like I told her, and like she was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, I won't do it again. However, like that was just a lie. The lie started up again. And about two weeks after that, my mom sat me down because I was finding needles all over the place at this point. But I didn't know what they were because as a kid, like, that wasn't the drug that I was, like, exposed to. It was more like pills and alcohol. And so now I had these, like, needles and orange caps all over the place, and I didn't know what it was. And so she sat me down, and she told me that she is, like, now she picked up on heroin. I was... I was broken, I was like crying for the next like two days, like, cause that's what my dad passed away on and how are you just gonna do that knowing that like, what can like truly happen from that? But she did it and she became an addict on that. Um, 
And from there on out, it just went completely downhill. Drug addicts were like in my house or my apartment every single night. And not even seven months later, we got evicted. Now homeless, we had nowhere to go. Um, I was still involved in all these sports and activities, just trying to stay there as long as I could. And my friend Jasmine, we were homeless, we didn't have anywhere to go. She's like, okay, you can just come sleep in my closet. And I was like, all right, I'll go sleep in this closet. I have a new place to live. And um, my other friend, she's like, you're going to go sleep in the closet? What? And so she went and asked her mom. She's like, hey, can my friend Autumn, can she come live with us for like only a month or something like that? So I ended up living in which was supposed to just be a month, but it eventually ended up being two and a half years. And they could, like took care of me that entire time. But in that time... My other brother, like, we had to split up, so then I was just, like, by myself, actually. And so Monse, her and her entire family, they took me in as, like, their own. Like, I started washing dishes at their house. We'd all go out to dinner. We'd go, and they, like, that was the first time I was introduced to, like, an actual family. Like, a mom, dad, and, like, two, and, like, every Sunday, it'd be Sunday fun day. We'd go out and, like, to the Renaissance Fair, or, like... We'd go to a restaurant, we'd go watch a movie on Sundays. And like, there wasn't arguing every night and like, everyone got along. Not always, because arguing's in every single household. But it was like the first time I was exposed to like a good environment, which then like, truly motivated me. Like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I need in the future. Like, I'm not gonna let like, what happened to me prior to this, like, go. And so, my mom still, even though she was a drug addict, she still wanted to talk to me. Like, she still wanted to, like, see how I was doing. But, so, she would be like, oh, okay, so after, like, Thursday, after basketball practice, we'll come pick you up. We'll, like, walk or take the bus, whatever. And so I'd be like, okay, like, can't wait to see you on Thursday. But on Thursday would come and, like, she wouldn't be there because she forgot or she had something else she had to do. And so then... I'd be stuck just walking home in the cold, back to Monse's house, and, like, that kind of hurt me, you know? Like, like, your mom should want to see you, your mom should want to do this and that with you, but, like, then I have to realize, like, oh, it was the drugs, it wasn't my mom, like, because when someone's on drugs, they're just a completely different person, they're, like, she wasn't my mother then, when she's sober, yes, she's my mom, but other than that, it's the drugs talking, it's the drugs acting. I didn't have that support system, but I did have Monse's support system, and I did have that family always to fall back on, and they were there for me all, like, 100% of the time. And eventually, like, Monse's mom, she was the one taking me to the doctor. She was the one taking me to the dentist. But, like, that's not my biological mom, and, like, I just wanted, like, my own mom, not to, like, share someone else's mom. As I was in middle school living with Monse, still nobody knew my background situation. I wasn't really exposed to that environment anymore, so those like two years, like I, I had like a good family, I consider them my family still to this day, and then eventually my mom ended up getting this like trailer on the other side of Joliet, which it was a very nasty rundown trailer, there was cockroaches, there was rug in the bathroom that barely worked (laughs) it was just awful and we had like canned food all the time and my mom wanted me to like move back with her so I did 
I moved back into the trailer. This was my eighth grade year. And her boyfriend was there and drug addicts were still there. And it was just, it was nasty. We didn't have heat. And so in the winter, we would have to open the oven and we leave the oven on all night. And I'd go look, like sleep like in the kitchen on the floor because my room was so far away from this oven that it was like freezing and not enough blankets. Like no amount of blankets could like cover how cold it was. And my mom still, she was like, okay, well, at least you have a roof over your house. At least we have this oven that works. And I was like, all right, mom, at least we do. And so I did that until we ended up moving back to my grandma's, my mom, my brother, and me. We moved back to my grandma's because it got so bad. My mom was getting abused, like, nastily, like, close to death. She overdosed about three times in this entire time. But thankfully, none of it, like, led to death. Like, someone was always able to get to her in time. And so she finally, I don't know what it was. She still never told me what it was. But, like, she had a wake-up call one day, and she's like, all right, well, like, half the people that, like, I came here with, they're all dead now because of this drug. And, like, she realized, like, okay, I have two kids I need to take care of, and I need to get my stuff together in order to be, like, a functioning parent. So I moved back to my grandma's after that. And that next two days, she bought a plane ticket to Florida with Delray Beach, where they have, like, the one of the best rehab centers in the world. And so she went there. It's now been two years that she's been there, but she's been clean. She's been sober. She's in the program. I talk to her every night. She flies me down. And like, I finally have a mother, even though she's not here in person yet. Um, like I can still talk to her. I still talk to her about my problems or whatever's going on. And she's there to listen. But mainly the thing I think that got me through everything was not getting used to the situation. Because if I got used to like watching drugs go into like these people's arms in my house, like that that just wouldn't be okay. Like you can't get used to that because once you get used to that, you're a product of the environment. And I, I, I don't want that to be my environment, so I just never got used to it. I've continued to be self-motivated because I know the end result, I don't want it to be the way that I grew up. I don't, I don't know if I was just born that way or if it was because of my environment. I just, I knew what I wanted to be. I, not, not necessarily what I wanted to be, but I knew like what type of outcome I wanted to have. And ever since I was young, I've always strived to do good in school because what school does, it like takes you to a good college and what a good college does leads you to a good career. And I want a good career to provide for myself and eventually a family of mine. After high school, I 100% am going to go to college. Um, what college? I don't know. I want to go to a good university, hopefully. Um, I really would love to go into psychology and the mind, like how the mind works. I think specifically like in kids, because like that's really what's going to like make them turn out to what they are. And like even if I could just like help one or two people like, throughout my entire professional career, hopefully it'll be more than that that's still one or two people that you've been able to help and like help them through what they need to get through in order to achieve their own goals. Whatever their situation, I just want to be able to help them. Like how my mom said was like, 
oh, you need to just be grateful for what you have. Like, oh, you're going to a public school and you have food, you have everything like that. So that's really what stuck with me is like the being grateful aspect. And like even today, like I just want to be nice to people and like help other people like get through like their stories. This has been a production of the Elk Grove Collab Lab, building a community of learning at Elk Grove High School and beyond. This episode was produced by me, Kristen Lesniak. A special shout out goes to Autumn Duget. Thank you for being willing to share your story with us. You continue to inspire me with your strength and positivity every day. The music in this episode was provided by Lee Rosevier via the Free Music Archive and licensed with Creative Commons non-commercial license. More information about the music can be found in the description of this podcast. If you like what you hear, give us a review on iTunes or your podcast service. Your reviews go a long way in helping us get new listeners. Do you have a story to share? We are always looking for stories and people willing to share them visit our website at weareg.org for more information. Thanks for listening.